to you today with the help of the Lord from, for just a little bit on just this title, Psalms 31. I'm not going to do the, the whole Psalms. You guys, you guys want to hear something funny? We were at St. Louis, and we were doing a wedding for my son and his daughter. And the wedding had been a little long, and there was a horrible storm coming up behind us, and we were all outside. There were white horses, a buggy. I mean, it was just... And I got up, and I had to say something before the, the, the wedding. And I said, I want to talk to them about the ABCs of life. And everybody in that congregation thought I was going from A to Z. And they were like, oh, boy. We're going to be sitting in the rain. I just did ABC. And, uh, but it's just, it's funny. Praise God. But I'm not doing the whole Psalms 31 tonight. Uh, I'm just doing a few verses, and I, I, uh, I know that this is going to be a blessing to you. Psalms 31 and 1 says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. And can everyone say amen? amen. You may be seated. It is well believed that David was being pursued by Saul whenever he wrote the book of Psalms. And if you've known the stories of David and Saul, you will realize that Saul was a king, a mighty king, a one, a, 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 at one time a wonderful king, but had turned bad. Saul, amen, was more uh, concerned. This is a good thought. Saul was more concerned with his kingdom than he was it being God's kingdom. He took possession of it and it became his instead of God's. Praise the Lord. And so when he thought he was going to lose the kingdom or his kids were going to lose the kingdom, Saul became extremely jealous. Even to the jealousy part that I call him a madman. Everybody has madmen in your life. Praise God. There are men that don't make sense. There are men that you cannot trust. There are men that you cannot turn, or they're a person. That can be a woman. <laughs> that can, you cannot turn your back on. Praise God. Because they're mad women. Praise the Lord. Or mad men. Amen. In this Psalms 31, he, David shows his confidence from verse 1 through 6, and that's what we'll be talking about, actually 1 through 5. He shows his confidence in, uh, uh, in, in God. Praise God. Twice David could have killed Saul. There was a time when uh, uh, he had uh, went in, Saul had went into a cave to relieve himself, and while he was in there, David and his men were in the back of that cave in a tremendous hold in that cave there was nowhere to go praise the lord but god kept his hand on david and david even moved forward and cut off a piece of saul's skirt and and then retreated back some of david's men begged david to kill him but david would not allow him to die or wanted him to die even regretted cutting off the skirt i am going to say this tonight Praise the Lord. And this is a good thought out of this. 
And that is, when God has an anointed, he may be a madman, but he's still anointed of God. So be careful, praise the Lord, how you come against him. David knew that. David knew that he was a madman, praise God. There are men in the Bible who were more dishonest or more unloyal than other men. But because God had his anointing on him, praise the Lord, God uh, would, uh, uh, you know, God uh, would... Uh, correct the person that came against him. So just be careful. Praise the Lord. God will take care of the people that are not really living for him. God will keep order. If you have somebody that God is anointed, amen, God will take care of it. God uses that. I'm telling you, he, even Pharaoh that was not uh, being used of God, I'm not saying you're to follow them, but I'm saying you're to be careful to come against them. Even Pharaoh, God raised up and blessed because he used him. You'll either be used of God or God will use you, one or the other. You can be used of God and do what God wants or God will use you to do what he wants. Praise the Lord. It'll happen. But anyways, God came, or David came in, cut the skirt and re, 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 repented of that. There was a time when Saul was asleep and David come in and uh, he took his... Uh, pot, water pot, amen, and his spear, and uh, his water cruise and his spear, went up on the hill and cried out to Saul, Saul, look what I've got, and I could have killed you, and Saul both times repented tremendously, but he just continued to come back, there just wasn't, he's just a madman, you cannot, uh, you cannot fathom with a madman, and so, praise the Lord, he came back, but what I want to talk to you about today is, Amen. There are those things in our lives that we battle against every day. We fight against them. There is no one in the Bible that has had so much against him than David. There's no one in the Bible that has had so many things come against him. He is known war. He is known to be prosper. He is known to be exiled from his king by his only son. He is known for his children, one to have raped another. He has been known, praise God, for many things. And so that's why when we, you see the book of Psalms and you see the book, praise God, that David wrote, it's an opening book to you. It's an opening book to me. It is an insert into a life, praise God, of, of a man who has had his ups and downs and has been through it, praise God. The reason that I can get into a map quest, and to find out what a city looks like is because somebody has been there and somebody has mapped it out and somebody can help me to know how to go. Praise the Lord. And that's the same way with the David here in the Word of the Lord. He helps us to understand, praise God, how to make it through. If you want to know how to... Have a great sword fight. Find somebody that knows how to use the sword. Get them to teach you, and then you will know how to exist, etc., etc. So, amen. Amen. In thee, O Lord, David said, do I put my trust. He had wrote a little bit earlier in Psalms 20 and 7. He said, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord. Praise God or our God. Amen, our God. Amen. Psalms 20 and 7. 
David said, I trust in God. The number one thing that we need to learn is, we need to learn to trust in God. Trusting, hear me today, trusting in God, amen, does not come overnight. It is a building a fortress in your mind and in your heart. It is learning to look for the things that God has done for you, that has blessed you, praise God. If I'm to go to an arm wrestling match, it would not be good for me to walk up there and just sit down and try to do an arm wrestling match. I would have to go and practice and build my muscles and build my elbows so that the pressure on the table could it could withstand. It would take me some time. If you want to be in strong for the Lord, you've got to build your faith. You build it by reading the word of the Lord. You build it by thinking on Him. You build it by acknowledging the things He blesses you for. So that when the storm comes, you don't have to worry. You can rest upon it. Praise God. That's what David said. He said, I've put my trust in the Lord. You know, he said, I've put my trust in God. And then he said, never let me be ashamed. Praise God. In other words, don't ever let me let that down. Let me hold that up, praise God, in trusting Him. Let me not be embarrassed in not trusting the Lord. Don't ever let me get to the point to where I look back and I say, I didn't trust God. There have been times in my life when I struggled to trust God. There have been times in my life when I may not have trusted God. But I can make myself to the point to where I don't do that again. I can make myself stronger. I can have so much trust in the Lord. Praise God that when something happens to me, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is praise instead of worry. And it all starts with what I am doing today and yesterday. It affects my future. So I have to trust God. I read His Word. I trust Him. Praise God. I watch the things that God is doing into my life. I listen to the kind of preaching. When doubt knocks on the door, I, I, I ignore it. Praise God. You know, all those telemarketers and all those people that come to your door, if they learn after a while, amen, that you're not going to let them in, they won't come anymore. They know it's a waste of time. Praise God. And all those doubts and all those worries and all those things that come to your door, if they get a foothold in, they're going to come back. The devil's going to come back. The devil doesn't tempt us with things that we're not interested in. And I, I got, I got a, uh, a thing that's probably going to, as they say, bop pop your bubble or something, pop your balloon or whatever. I don't think it's the devil that causes us as much problems as we do ourselves. You've heard me say that before. Praise God. It's not the devil. Devil's too busy for me. Praise God. God's the only one that has omnipotence and can be with me all the time. It's my flesh. And if we don't realize what our problem is, we're not going to take care of it. But it's my flesh. It's my flesh that, that gives me the most problems. Amen. It's not our exterior. It's interior. 
Praise the Lord. And so I've got to put my flesh, my casting down imaginations and every thought. Praise the Lord. And so we got to do that. we got to continually come against that stuff and build ourselves up to where we can have a relationship with the Lord so that when strong things come, amen, when storms come, it's not time to prepare. Hey, day, uh, Noah took years to build an ark because a storm was coming. You need to build your faith so that when the problems come, you're ready for them. You're ready to stand with them. You need to build that faith. You need to do it so that you're not embarrassed or ashamed. David said he did it so he wasn't ashamed. Praise God. Romans 10 and 11 says, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In other words, they will not fall or falter. Now, it's not a wrong thing totally to falter or to fall. Praise God. But get up and make yourself stronger. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, in, I tell you, one of the things that I do both naturally and spiritually, amen, when there is a situation, I say to myself, when there's something that doesn't, it does not work well, amen, I say to myself, what can I do to fix that so I don't have to worry about that anymore? Praise God. We struggled at one time with our septic system at the house, and I said, Mm-mm, I'm not going to have this problem anymore. So when my wife came home from a ladies' retreat, I was almost burying a backhoe. Could you imagine you women coming home and finding your husband out in the yard in a backhoe? Almost buried it. My dad had to pull me out with the four-wheeler, or his 18-wheeler, or not his pickup truck, his four-wheel drive truck. Praise God, I kind of got too close and buried it down a little bit. But we ain't got any problems anymore. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it's the same way spiritually. You, you, you say, okay, I can continue to deal with that problem. I can continue to deal with that problem. Or I can just fix it so that I never have to deal with it anymore. You can fix it to where you don't have to worry about what happens to you because you have built your faith up to the point to where you can trust God. And the way you do that, once again, is you keep reading the word of the Lord. You keep praying. You keep fasting. You keep coming to church. You keep a positive attitude towards God. Praise God. Amen. Because David said, deliver me in thy righteousness. Righteousness is right relationship with the Lord. In other words, right living with God. Praying, fasting, talking to God. Living for God. Reading his word. Amen. Ignoring everything that's negative towards God. And believing everything that's positive towards God. Praise God. His righteousness. His right relationship. Amen. In the fact that God is the judge. And God, my judgment comes from you. So the three things that David says here is, he said, trust in God, period. Just trust in God. I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but I trust it. Praise God. And then he says, don't let me find myself embarrassed and not trusting God. And then he says, <clears throat> and let God, praise God, be my judge. Verse 2 says, 
Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock. For an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress therefore. Thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Praise God. Bend down thy ear. Do you realize that we can't get to God? There are kingdoms in this world. Praise God. There is the mineral kingdom. That's the dirt. There's the plant kingdom. That is the plants that exist. There is the animal kingdom. That is cows and etc. And then there's the human kingdom. A mineral kingdom, dirt, cannot say, I want to become a plant. It takes that plant to reach down with its roots to get the mineral and to create it into the plant that it is. And then a cow, a plant cannot say, I want to become an animal kingdom. Because it takes the cow to eat that plant. And for that cow in its process to process that. And then a cow, an animal kingdom cannot say, I want to become human kingdom. It takes a human to eat that cow and to create that to become part of that human. A lower kingdom cannot rise up to a higher kingdom. We cannot rise up to God. We have to understand that God has to reach down to us. He has to bend his ear to us. He has to reach down to us. And I thank God he does. I can't come to God. He must come first to me. And be, praise God, to me. I have no ability to get a hold of God. If he does not lend his ear to me, if he does not hear me, if he shuts me off, praise God. I have no ability to get to God. And David's like, Lord, lend your ear unto me. And he uses the word speedily. Praise God. You see, God has no problem with time. Amen. I've got a a door handle at the house that's loose. And I've got to fix it. I've got to tighten it. It's just a simple little procedure. Praise the Lord. It's been like that for about a week or two. And the reason that I have not been able to do it is, amen, first of all, I forget it until I'm like in the pulpit. And then second of all, amen, time. If I had all the time in the world, everything that I never needed done would be done right now. But it's a process of time. It's a timing. And praise God, but God has no problem with time. God has no problem. Time to God, the time in the past is just like the time in the present. The time in the future. God is not lax with time. He's openly. So he said unto him, he said, praise God, be expediently. In other words, come right away. And then he uses the word fortress. He says, God, you will be my fortress. And this is what I was talking to you about earlier. If a city wants to take care of itself, what does it do? It builds its fortress. So that when the enemy comes, it has a fortress. You need to build your faith. 
Praise God. You need to build that fortress because I'm telling you something. It's not if it will come, it's when it will come. You will suffer like David's suffering. And David's like, I built my fortress. When did you build your fortress, David? I built my fortress when I was out in the desert, praise God, taking care of the sheep, talking to God between the stars. I built my fortress, praise God. I built it, amen. And when God wanted a man to take that position, he knew that he was out there underneath the stars and he wasn't amongst his brothers and Samuel. And so he waited until God sent him. Do you want to... That was a, that's a very good thought. We take so much importance with the structure of a man or a structure of a woman, the way they look. We take so much importance in. But God says, I'm not interested in the outward appearance, but I'm interested in the heart. You say, well, I can't do anything for God. Well, yes, you can. But you have to prepare yourself. Because, see, God uses you for what you know well. God didn't just put the knowledge in David to sing, swing a sling when he saw, when he saw Goliath. David had that knowledge. God just used that knowledge to kill a giant. Let me, that's another good thing. I don't know why I'm going down this path, but the Holy Ghost is, and i got to follow him, okay? So, but the thing of it is, amen, when, when you follow what God wants you to do, and you do what God wants you to do, don't worry about what works for other people. Praise God. Don't say, well, that made them get where they needed to be. That's no. Saul tried to do that. Saul tried to say, here's my armor. Here's this. Here's that. And God said, and David said, no, nah, I can't do that. I don't know that. But I know this, the sling, and I know the stone. And God's going to use that to get me there. He didn't even have a sword to cut Goliath's head off. He had to, you know, and I think God had a purpose in that because Goliath was like, I'm going to feed your, and I'm going to, you know, in, in reading the Bible, I'm just, I keep saying to everyone, when I, I listen to it actually. Every six months I try to go through the Bible and I listen to I really listen to it while I'm working and I can do that. But I'm, I'm like, a, 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 a king comes up and he, he, he attacks a country, but then he turns and he attacks God, and I'm like, oop, you're dead. <laughs> should have never turned on your God, their God. You, you're fine attacking them, but you should have never turned on their God because, hey, man, you're in trouble now. He even took a country, and he just caused sickness to where they died out because they attacked. And so David or Saul or uh, Goliath attacked, hey, man, they're his God. And, you know, this sword. And God's like, mm, good idea. And that's the sword that took his head off. Killed him. He knocked him out. David knocked him out. But he would have lived to see another day other than his sword killed him. Praise God. And so, trust God. When you're building your fortress, 
Amen. And you're putting in the things of faith, and you're trusting God, and you're depending on God, and you're leaning on God. Praise God. David wrote in Psalms 18 and 2, he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer and my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and my horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Praise God. And so, amen. When, you know, and I've said it before. David wrote Psalms. Write your own Psalms. Write your own Psalms. Praise God. You know, the prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. People repetition that. You don't have to repetition that. That's a form of the way God wants you to pray. You pray your own prayer. You come to God, what would my wife think? Oh, she'd laugh anyways, but what would she think if I come up, hey, I found this poem, this guy wrote to this girl, and so let me read it to me. Oh, how sweet it is to love it. She'd probably bust it out laughing. That ain't, you know, that's just a cute poem. I might be able to relate to it. How much more would she like it, maybe, if I would write to her a poem of my own? Praise God. You see what I'm saying today? We go to God and we read to him what other... It's like the prayer in the Old Testament of whatever. Praise God. You say this prayer five times and you'll get blessed. Don't get any wrapped up in any of that. That's crazy stuff. God isn't the type of person that he's impersonal. God's personal. You need to go to him with your person and who you are and talk to him with the way you are. But build that up. Build it up. Build it up. Write your own poems to the Lord. Praise God. Say your own praise unto him. Sing unto him. Build that up. Amen. Build that fortress up. Because you see, a rock is a place of assurance back then. Everything was sand. If you stood there, you'd sink in the sand. Praise God. But there's a rock. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 7 and 24. Jesus himself said, and this is the words of Jesus. He said, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon the rock. Praise God. Building that house upon the rock. Amen. That rock, that fortress, amen, that thing that's steady in the ground, that thing that you do not have to worry about moving, verse 25, and the rains descended. There will be times in your life that things will seem like they come down from heaven, that God is not happy with you or that God is not allowing you to go through. And the floods will come, praise God. That's when natural things happen. Cars break down, things that happen. And the winds blow, that's when people say stuff against you. Praise God. The winds blow. Amen. And beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Praise God. God wants us to get steady in him and be a solid thing for this world to look to. I'm telling you, when all this stuff goes, 
that's going crazy, all this crazy stuff that's going around, people are looking for someone that's solid. They're looking for someone who is solid. Praise the Lord. Solid in the word of the Lord. Solid in the things of God. Solid in life. Know what God has got. Know where God is. Know what God has. Praise God. There are that house that's built upon the rock. How do you build that house upon the rock? Jesus says, I am the rock. So you build it on him. You build it on your relationship with him. Praise God. I tell you what, I love my wife. And we're, you know, happily married. Everything is great. We've raised children and everything else. She's married to me, but I'm sure her and I'm sure myself. Amen. Have God as our solid rock. Praise God. You know, there are things that will come in our life and they will become our rock. It could be physical. It could be material. It could be financial. And the way you know it is, if it gets taken from you, it is your rock. But Jesus is our rock. He's the thing that we need to build on. Praise God. So when them floods came, come, when there's times we don't understand what God's doing, and the winds blow, people talk against us, and the floods come up, praise the Lord. Things in the natural go bad. Cars go bad. bad car batteries or whatever. Or even the physical body. Amen. We can say, I am solid in the rock. And it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a building up of process. Like David said, you're building your fortress. You're coming to church. You're putting God first. You're loving him. You're praying. You're fasting. You're putting him. You know, everything is God. You, you know, God, you're giving to God. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're building that fortress so that when the storm comes, amen. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, Jesus says, and doeth them shall be like, or I'm sorry, you know, I, I practiced that last night and I still messed up on it. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. It just did just get damaged. It flattened. Praise God. You know, we're building our houses on this earth and we see things that come up around us. People that seem to be prosperous and people that seem to be great and people that seem to do well. And we think, they're not following God. They're not living for God. They're not walking with God. They've got better structure or maybe the same structure I do. But whenever the, the situations come, they fall flat because their house isn't built on Christ. You see, I don't care how pretty the structure is. If the foundation is not solid, that house is not going to stand. Praise God. You don't build a house out of a foundation out of wood. I don't even care if it's treated wood. You don't build that house. You have to build that house out of stone or rock or concrete or anything that is of that hard concrete rock substance. Any house that's built is built out of that stone. 
out of that block, out of that concrete. Why? Because, amen, every house has to be built on that to stand. And that's the same way with your spiritual life. You know, the upper part of the house, everybody builds what they want. If you want to use vinyl siding, aluminum siding, if you want to use brick, if you want to use stone, if you want to use, uh, you know, whatever you want to use. But everybody's house has the foundation of stone. And the reason it is, is because every one of our spiritual relationships has to have Jesus Christ in it. But what we do for a living and where we go and what we do and how we pray and what we talk, how we sing and the songs we like and everything else may be different. But that bottom salvational structure is stone. It is because it all has to be Christ. There are churches that try to build not on Christ, but they try to use something, you know, something cheaper. Wood can be cheaper at times. There are cheaper structures. Oh, they have the worship. They have the praise. They have the service. They have everything. But they don't, they're not structured in what Christ... When a person is building a house, they have to go get the stone. When you're building your relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to go to the Bible. You have to go to the book of Acts. You have to do it the way they did it in the book of Acts. Praise God, because you're building that stone. Amen. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, he said, And did all drink from the same spiritual drink. And that drink of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. You've got to go to the Word of God, and I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. If, anybody, if you ask anybody a spiritual question, and they don't take you to the word of the Lord, then, you know, I've had people say, well, I'll tell you what I think. Praise God. I'll tell you what I think. Verse 4. And, he, and, G, and, Paul, and, and David said, pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. Praise God. For thou art my strength. You know, there are people that can get us in a net, and they can be well they can mean very well when they do it. We can get in a net. And they can mean very well. They could tell you things that they very well think that's the way it is. And come to find out that's not the way it is. I watched a, 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 a thing the other day where somebody brought in a, 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 an article or a, a piece of whatever. I forget what it was. And the guy... He wanted to get cash for it. And the guy said to him, he says, you know, do you, do you know how much this thing is? And he's like, yeah, I had it looked at. And the guy said, it's worth this much, thousands of dollars. And he said, uh, okay. He said, I'm not sure what it's worth. Let's get an expert in. And they got an expert in, and it was fake. It was not original. And he said, your expert not, must not have been very good. God might even been lying. I don't know. But the thing of it is, you know, you don't, you got to go and, and, and get it from the word of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. And he said, amen. David said in his Psalms, 
9 and 15, he said, the, uh, the heathen are sunk down into a pit that they made, and the net which they hid is their own foot taken. So the heathen are those that do not follow God nor the things of God. But the Bible says they dig a pit. If we don't live for the Lord, we're going to dig ourselves a pit. It's going to really get us into trouble. Praise God. And then he goes on to say, amen, and if we don't be careful and we're walking with the Lord, we can catch our foot on the net of those that are in the pit. If we don't watch, you know, we can be living for the Lord, walking with God, and we will not be digging ourselves a pit. But if we don't watch the people that dig the pit, we can fall in. Because we start allowing what they're doing and saying and being affect us. Praise the Lord. You know, the more people that you have behind something, the more people will believe in it. I can tell a lie. And because everybody's talking about it, everybody believes it. It's not true. But because a lot of people believe in it. We're living in a world today, amen. And, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, called me and asked me yesterday, said, do you think that because all these stars are talking about things that are not of God, do you think that a lot of people are believing them because they're successful? And I said, sure. They think just because they're successful, they're right. That Hitler was able to get done what he did because he was so successful. Praise God. Just because it's many does not mean that it's true. Praise the Lord. I heard something the other day I thought was really good. Do you realize all the ex experts are people out of town? All the experts. If you want to get an expert in anything, you get somebody out of town because we can't have any of them around here. The preachers that preached us around here, they can't be experts, but you get somebody out of town and they're experts. It's cute. Verse 5. Unto thy hand... And this is where I'm going to close. This is where I really got my heart. David looked unto the Lord and he said, Unto thy hand I commit my spirit. Because thou hast redeemed me. O Lord God my strength. Praise God. David said, Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Praise God. Do you realize that Christ used these same words on Calvary? Luke 23 and 46 says, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. That was a very, very, very familiar thing for them to be able to do, is to say, Here, Lord, here's my spirit. David's like, Here, God, here's my spirit. I'm giving my life to you. Praise God. And it was so effective that when Stephen was stoned in Acts 7 and 59, it says, 
calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Praise God. Amen. David said, here's my spirit, Lord. The spirit is life. It's what I am. My soul is who I am. It's my character and etc. My body is this flesh. He didn't say, here's my body, Lord. He didn't say, here's my soul, because God will not take your soul, but you do have control over your spirit. You have control over whether your spirit lives for the Lord or whether it lives for self. Your decision is made out of your soul. Your soul will spend eternity wherever that decision is made. But your spirit is your life. We hold on to our life on our deathbed. Amen. We can either hold on to that spirit until it is, until actually I think we get so tired, we're just said, I'm done. Or you can give it up to God. David said, here's my spirit, Lord. Praise God. Here's my spirit. Ready for a pastor quote? Here's a pastor quote. To give God our soul or our spirit comes by practicing giving him our will. When we get on our deathbed, we're going to fight with God unless we've lived a life of saying, whatever you want, Lord. Whatever you want with my finances, whatever you want with my home, whatever you want with my time, whatever you want with my life, and when we reach that final destiny, which we all will, we say to the Lord, whatever you want with my spirit, I'm ready to come home. You ever get glimpses where you think, oh, that's going to be great. When all this frustration, all this aggravation, all this turmoil, all this hurt, all this pain is over with. Man, I'm going to rest. We're going to look at the Lord and we're going to say, Lord, unto you I deliver my spirit. I'm ready for you, Lord. David's out there on the body, out there on the field. Praise God. Knowing that if Saul could get his hands on him, he'd kill him. There was a few times David said, I'm a dead man. I'm going to die. But David said, amen, Lord. Here's my spirit. If you want me to go home, I'm not fighting with you. It's your will. But David learned that over a period of time. Now, there were times in David's life whenever he did things like the Bathsheba. It just blows my mind that David could live a life that Saul would want to kill him. And he would go and stay away so much, but then he would turn around and devise a plan to kill Uriah. It just blows my mind. Praise God when I think of that. But at this point, David is saying to God, here's my spirit. Lord, whatever you want. If Saul's going to kill me, I'm not going to stop it. Praise God. Amen. Because of why? This is why we can do it. And that is because, Lord, you have made a place for me in heaven. 
I don't, death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Praise God. There is going to come a day when every one of us, and I hope you remember this lesson, death will come to our door, and it doesn't mean when we get old. It could happen at any time. But we need to be able to look at the Lord and say, Lord, here's my spirit. And the reason, the reason that you can do that is because you've lived a life of loving him, walking with him, reading his word, believing him, trusting him, obeying him, following him. You see, it didn't come overnight. You practiced for it. You're ready for it. You're prepared for it. You're ready for it to happen. Because you've worked to get there. And so you can say just like David, I'm ready. The greatest test of life is being able to walk through them pearly gates saying, here's my spirit, God. I've lived for you. I've walked for you. I've talked for you. Praise God all my life. Here's my spirit, Lord. Let's all stand. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that dieth on the tree. And then David ends with, O Lord, God of truth. In other words, God will keep his promise. I'm telling you, we can trust God and believe God. Because 1 Peter 1 and 18 says, For as much as ye know, ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. For in your vain conversation received ye by the tradition of your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Praise God. We are redeemed. Let's just sing a song today.